Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to Sports Roundtable. I am Bob Branco for episode number 254. It's great to be with everybody today. I would like to introduce our panel. We start out with Peter Alchil. Welcome to 98 Degrees, Columbia, Missouri. And what's today's date? September. Uh, in September. This is September 19th. And Peter, that's too warm for you guys. Yes, it's very <laughs> too warm for us. It's disgusting. Anyway, okay. uh, welcome from Columbia. All right. Reverend Michael Garrett. And welcome from a very nice 89 Degrees, Missouri City, Texas. Luther King. Summer is not done here in Tennessee yet either. So I'm right with you, Petey. And Don Wardlow. Don? And summer is back for a day here. It's about 90 here in New Jersey. 90? Wow, we're only, we're only in the 70s here. But uh, hey, that's okay. Stuff happens like that. Let me offer some thanks to people for making it possible for Sports Roundtable to be aired. We start out with Raymond Gay, our producer. Our media outlets, thank you for airing us. Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place chat line, thank you for posting our shows on bulletin board number 14. Jacqueline Sylvia, our website designer, she archives our programs on my website. Just go to www.brancoevents.com and find all of our archived programs. I also want to give a shout out to Diane for being our host today from ACB. Thank you, Diane, very much for taking the time to join us. And also, let me thank the folks who are streaming our show live on Media 5. And we really appreciate Katie for handling that for us this afternoon. Don, I want to start out with you because you have... Uh, couple of really powerful stories for us so please uh, uh, go right ahead and start us off there's a couple of things from football and one from baseball there is a baseball football team that probably before the year started very few people knew who they were and I think some people are starting to figure out who they are and I'm talking about the guys from Boone, North Carolina, the Appalachian State Mountaineers. I mean, it was it was one thing when they barely lost to Carolina, 63-61. And that's not a basketball score, folks. That was a football game. And then they actually beat Texas A&M. I don't know what Reverend Mike had to say about that. And then this past Saturday on a Hail Mary they beat Troy from Alabama by a 32-28 to 28 final. These guys are crazy. You do not, you know, turn off the radio. You do not bail out of your connection for some other broadcast, not while these guys are on. So well, I, I have done that. Now, App State... They're gonna they're they're becoming a problem for a lot of power five schools. They're in the group of five, but I don't think teams are gonna be scheduling those guys anytime soon. Look at what look at Michigan. 
Had you seen Michigan on their schedule since 2007? No, because App State beat them in 2007. Exactly. Michigan, oh. in fact, I'll bring them up because Michigan, their cupcake the other day was University <laughs> of Connecticut, my, my Yukon Huskies. Oh. Who, really, they're a women's basketball school. That's all there is to it. You know, I mean, their football really is a joke. And these guys, Michigan beat them 59 to nothing, and it wasn't even as close as that. It was ridiculous, and it was, I say, dangerous. I don't know if I'm right on that, but I, no, no matter how much money Michigan gave UConn to play that game, all that money would not have been worth it if somebody had come out of the game crippled for life. I think it, they get a $400,000 paycheck. It happened to Eric Legrand of Rutgers. He was paralyzed in 2010. It's 12 years since then, and he hasn't taken a step since, and he never will, according to anything anybody has said about him. He's paralyzed? And, yes. I think I remember the game you're talking about, too, because, I mean, there was, like, massive media coverage on it. $400,000 wouldn't have yep. done anything if somebody had been paralyzed. Oh, no. This guy... Mm-hmm. Their, their best running back did, in fact, get hurt. I don't know how badly uh, they keep that a very tightly guarded secret around most campuses, not just you. I've not heard anything, but, I mean, you might find her on 97.9 ESPN. I have Dude's a feeling it is, might be an ankle, maybe. I don't know. Dude's name is Carter, and the original talk was an elbow, but I just don't know. But it's just, it's just ugly to put, to put those games on the schedule, and it brings well, down – it brings down teams who play the app states of the world and take the risk of getting beat. Don, if the if these conferences expand like they're going to, these games are going to be few and far between for these independents or these, you know, lower five that aren't the group of five. Those chances of playing a big school or a mid-level school that's close to them, that's in a bigger conference, those are going to be few and far between. If everybody has their way with the conference. If I'm not mistaken, though, guys, and I don't know, I didn't fact check this, but I thought in the state of Florida, they they have some sort of a rule that says that was passed by the Florida state legislature that says that uh, the larger schools must play the smaller schools. It's sort of an economic thing. At some point, they must play the... the yeah, like the Florida is playing the USFs of the world or like the Florida right, playing right. UCF. Yeah, yeah. I, th- our Florida, kind of, yeah. I, I think, I think that's right. Feather their nest a little bit. I but, think that's but, right. So, you know, you, you have a point there, Luther, in that as the as the super conferences get together or however the, the this uh, field... Uh, ultimately develops, it's going to be interesting to see how many of these cupcake games that uh, the the larger schools uh, schedule. A lot of schools now, I know, have have some of their schedules schedules all the way out to... Yeah, I I think I said it was like three or four years in advance. Yeah, Yeah. or longer than that. Did Did you see on the news today that Herm Edwards yesterday got fired after Arizona State got destroyed by Eastern Michigan. Yes, I heard that. Now, I didn't see I, that as a surprise either. 
Right. He, he lost a that. couple this year. He had a bad year last year. You know, I had an idea from the School of Changing Rules, you know, where baseball has been doing a lot lately. Yeah. Here's what I do in these cupcake games. This I, I learned about this from a friend of mine whose son was either 12 or 13, and he was playing Pop Warner football. Mm-hmm. If a game gets to a certain point, like, say, 40 to nothing, they have a thing called a running clock. They do it at the high school level. They do it and here. What a, what where if you get – if you get down by 35 or more, as long as you, as long as that other team, you know, can score to get it to 35 or under, they keep the clock at normal. But if it gets to 42 or higher, then they just have a running clock. No matter what that team does, it's going to keep running. And I know the networks will never allow it because they, they have to sell cars and they have to just sell medicine for something we can't talk about. In <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they they got to sell those things, so they'll never well, yeah. allow it. But it would be safer for the guys on the Yukons of the world. You know, the yeah, Michigan. I would love to see it, but it's not going to happen. Do you know, uh, we, were, we actually talked about this last week, how mm-hmm. many players are on a team. You know, an NFL team has a – Yeah, you got, you, got fi- you got 53 – you got to keep your best 46 up. UConn has 105, and their coach feels deprived. His 105, there have already been so many injuries that one of his defensive men, he had to move into a running back spot on the depth chart. Even with 105 players? Look, I've seen it. Meantime, Michigan's got 140 players. Can you believe they used? Yeah, I eight, can. They used eight quarterbacks, and on the depth chart, they had ten tight ends. Why do they need all these guys? Probably because a lot of them are going to be on practice. Probably a lot of them on practice squad, and some of them are, are non scholarship. Go ahead, Michael. Or eighty-five or oh. or scholarship players. Yep. The, the the other fifty-five. Are walk-ons or or academic scholarship or non or non or non scholarship players? Yeah. Uh, do you have a raised hand? By the way, I don't know when you want to start. Four thirty. We'll, call, we'll call upon you when it's time. Okay, thank you. I I want to comment. Can you guys hear me? Yes, yes. perfectly. Okay, so uh, I want to comment on the Appalachian State. Did any of you hear the uh, call on the from the Appalachian State side in the last play of the game? Oh, yeah. Are you talking about with um, Adam Witten, who's at Learfield, and um, his new color analyst, Brandon Turner? Whoever the guys, whoever the, whoever the guys were for covering the Appalachian State game. Yeah, yeah Adam, Witt, Adam Witten, Brandon Turner, and uh, Molly on the It was the one of the most amazing calls. And the thing I was thinking about it, listening to it, is I, I had no idea what happened. Yeah, you know, they were so loud and excited that you you, you didn't know what actually happened. Oh, you only found out about it later. You know, uh, the guy ball was tipped. The guy caught the ball. The, there was a block, and the guy made it the end zone. It was just one of those fleet plays, and it was so loud that guys were so excited that you could not hear what actually happened. You you knew that athletes had won the game because, but you just didn't know how they had won. It. No idea how they had won it. Exactly, it amazing things I've, I've ever heard. I'm like, you know, it, it's the darndest thing because I remember remember the Michigan State Michigan blocked punt. Yeah, and Blaha was doing the play by play, and Jason Strayhorn was so darn loud you couldn't hear Blaha who called the make the call. And I'm thinking like Strayhorn, shut up, please. Let me hear Blaha's call. Then you can scream all you want. 
But for now, I want to hear the Bob Play voice. Shut up. This is one of those things about being a blind guy and can't seeing the picture, right? We sort of <laughs> want to know how how the what exactly. Well, the thing is, but 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 it, it almost didn't matter at the time. No, right? Because you, they you, were so excited because they had never done that before. Yeah, I mean, you knew you knew something amazing had happened, but you know, and I found I found out later listening to sort of you know a color commentary post game show, from, yeah, or something. I can't remember how I found out what actually happened, <laughs> but it's one of those things where you don't or you almost don't care. You know what actually of course happened. you don't care especially yeah. when you win the game on a last second play that probably wasn't even in you know the transcript of the broadcast anyway because like there's no way they're going to get a chance at a hail mary because usually most of the time at the time they get a chance at a hail mary clocks ran out you've well, got you've got no time it was one of the more amazing things that you'll ever hear tennessee uh, t- tennessee did that a few years ago against texas a&m yeah now it was all over the place on the internet and oh yeah you know, you know the 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 cool part is really uh, Mr. Witten only a few seconds after the shouting started only a few seconds later he doubled back and said what had actually happened we mercifully didn't have to wait for the post game show or anything exactly, like that yeah. eventually it, it, and it wasn't it might have seemed longer at the time but Mr. Turner ultimately kept his pool for at least long enough for about for two Mr. seconds Witten. Yeah, for Mr. Witten to describe what had gone down, and, and that's and that's great. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. I, was listening, I was listening on SiriusXM, and they they were just doing highlights. You know, well, so I mean, I, I I mean I I mean I, you probably I think you have the Varsity app like I do, right, Don? I think yes, and that that's pretty slick where you can just go listen to any broadcast you want. I mean, <clears throat> as we talk about as we talk about broadcasting, but I know we have other subjects to get into. I mean, you just know. The broadcasters that when you're listening, you just know that they have it. You don't know what that it is, but they have it. They know how to tell the story, but they also know how to be excitable when they need to. They don't. They don't try to, you know, kill it. What do you think of Zolak as a color announcer? (sighs) Give give and take. He has his moments where he does well. But I think there are some times where he needs to just back out a little bit and let Sosi do the call. He did the same thing with Santo. He did the same thing with Santos in his last few years. But I think if Zolak can just back off a little bit and just wait till the end of the call, then he can get excited after the fact. That's the only that's the only nitpick I'd have on him. That's the only I, one. I think we should get into some of the craziness of, of yesterday, as, as I oh, call it, our promo, Monday afternoon quarterbacking, right? Oh, now. there's a lot of Monday morning. There's a lot of MMQB in the PM. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it will go on for three days, you know. <laughs> and, 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 uh, but anyway, I don't know where to even start. I guess the place, this place to start for me uh, is the New York Jets. Now, think about this. The New York Jets, I think, are the worst team in football. They are garbage. But oh, yet, they and have yet, some talent. Yeah, but they had enough to beat the Browns. And, you know, what? this comes back to what we've been talking about, special teams, right? Well, hold on. Special, it wasn't special just special teams. teams. Let's back well, up a little bit, though. Yeah, I know. The touchdown, that Nick, the second one that Nick Chubb scores. Right. You know the situation. They were goal to go. Right. And all, they had, all Nick Chubb had to do was get out of bounds because it was right. close to the two-minute warning. Right. And if he would have stepped out of bounds – the clock A would have stopped, but there would have not been a lot of time because the Jets are out of timeouts. Right. Instead, Nick Chubb runs the ball into the end zone, scores, leaves the Jets a minute 55. They score quick, and then we get to the play you're talking about, the onside kick, 
where they well, kick I, it to the left side of the field where no Brown was. Everybody was loaded on one side. And the Jets recover, move it down, and get the touchdown. And but, I'm but thinking let, but, but let's also remember, you're right, of course, Luther, but let's also remember that what the Browns did after they scored that touchdown. They missed the extra point. Yeah. That's well, another that, problem. That, that, that's another problem. But you're right about, you know, uh, clock management was also a problem. You but got how, it. You got to know time and scoring situation how, and special how, teams. How can the Jets win that game? I mean, I mean, the scenario I, I that, that I just told you, they had you they the, the the Jets had to score quick, yeah. which they did. Yeah. The Browns scored the touchdown. Yeah, they missed the extra point, but yeah. they left him way too much time. Yeah, no, a minute fifty-five. Quarterback Joe Flacco. Flacco. Oh yeah, <laughs> Mr. Former MVP from twelve years from eleven years ago. That. Ten years ago, that guy. Yeah, it, it really it really was one of the more remarkable things uh, that I've seen. And then you 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 see this amazing thing what happens between Miami and Buffalo and Baltimore. Oh my goodness! I mean, oh. now, no now, turnovers, and Miami just went and got it. I mean, it that was, was like besides. I mean, that was like four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and 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 look, I think all those drives are under two minutes. Yes, uh, uh, from what I heard, that Baltimore. Uh, defense, their their secondary just screwed up big time. Well, you know, yeah, and they terrible, over terrible and they coaching. overplayed the run. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they were so aggressive on the run that it was like they left passing lanes wide open. Well, and Kelsey, well, well, one, of the, one of the things one of the things I told you guys to watch with them was mm-hmm. was the speed on the outside that they. Oh had. yeah, yep. they look. Yep. They, and, they played and, so much press. On the outside, that left Tyreek Hill wide open. I mean, there were a couple of times he just ran ten yards. They ran a ten-yard hitch, and he was right by him for like thirty. And, and, and like, Waddle, Waddle burned them too. So did, Absolutely. and including Absolutely. on that game-winning touchdown pass, yep. where Waddle went to the outside, but instead of staying on the outside, he turned it back in, and Tua found him on that quick little slant coming back on the inside. Where he just burn, he just basically burned the safety where the safety normally would be, and he just picked it, and he just picked them apart. And I'm like, okay. I think you got to give Tua a bunch of, you know. A bunch oh of no, money. kidding! Yeah, that, I mean, that, that, he, was, that was that was character right there. He he, he has been maligned for many. Yes, years. Yes, he has. And, but, and, look, but last yesterday, he, well, he was he amazing. Showed him, he showed himself very well. well but let's see, let's see, but let's see what he does moving forward. Go ahead, Michael. The other the other game was that I thought was was interesting was Jacksonville yes. and Indianapolis. Oh my yeah. goodness! Don't get me started on and Indianapolis. Frank, Frank Frank Reich says Frank Reich says Oh, I'm not worried about it. Well, um, you should be. That's your eighth straight loss in Jacksonville that you played down there. Last one they had was 2013. Well, I mean, one thing if they lost to Jacksonville and but they beat Houston and, and Mike, you've been talking about Houston being a a team and Houston played well against Denver. They could have easily won that game. Yesterday. Yeah, lost sixteen but, to nine. Well, they tied. They, that was a tie against Houston. Right, yep. right. But you know, I mean, they but, were, uh, Indianapolis was supposed to win that game handily, and they did. Yeah, they, they were supposed to. Yeah, they didn't. But I, I think I think Indy's got more problems than we th- than we think with Matt Ryan because a lot of balls just hung up there, and yeah, at least think, a couple think, of them should have been picked off. I think Matt Ryan may be a bit old for his maybe. Uh, and and then the other well, there, of course, the other game that was 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 really bizarre. Before I get to the, uh, the Rams a little bit, was was the rate was the uh, Raiders Cardinals. Raiders and Cardinals. Oh, that, that did you was, get okay? 
I'm glad you brought this one up. Did you guys see how long Kyler Murray ran back and forth and basically scrambled? 20.8 <laughs> seconds for a two-point conversion. When was the last time we saw a QB scramble that long for a two-point conversion and basically wear a defense out? Well, he'd won defense out before then. That's the point. No, that, 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 that two-point conversion was ridiculous. No, I understand that, but, but I think the reason he was able to get away with it is he'd worn the defense out earlier, you know. Exactly. Uh, Murray got on a roll. Yeah. And once Murray uh, gets in a roll like that, it's it, he's really hard. He's hard. There's like there's like three or four quarterbacks that when they get on a roll, they're like hard to stop. Maybe five. Murray's one of them. Mahomes, Herbert, Rogers, and there's one other one. There's like four or five, and Allen. There's like four or five that when they get on a roll, running and throwing, you're not stopping them. It doesn't matter who you are. Well, but the thing was. The, the, the Raiders still almost won the game. And, then, know, and, 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 and then, then he throws fumble. the ball to the tight end, and Hunter Renfro got absolutely jack-smacked and literally disassimilated from the ball, and Murphy picked it up and ran it back. I mean, you know, the, the Raiders still almost won that game. They probably yeah. should have. But, you know, anyway, you know, what do you make of that? I mean, you know, the Raiders are supposed to be a pretty good team, and the Cardinals are supposed to be a lousy team. It's two <laughs> lousy teams that – you know, Here's so. what concerns me with the Raiders. Their run game, eh, it's average. Their defense, it ain't no great shakes. Their offense with their quarterback, I'm not going to say Derek Carr sucks, but Derek they, got some, they, got, they got some work They got some work to do if and they're going to get to where they want to get. I want to hit two more games. One is the Rams game, only because the Rams were – I don't – how could the Rams let the Falcons back in the game? I mean, Easy mistakes. I, I, yeah, well, you know, you, 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 you throw two, one. you throw two bad interceptions. Yeah. You muff a punt. You fumble. That's four turnovers right there. I understand that, but you would think a team like the Rams would do something like this. And uh, well, your Mitchell you, something to say you, about that when he gets when on you the got, air, when you got stars and you got your roster full of stars and top heavy, and you don't have, you know, excuse me, Diane. Have, Yes. I need you to, un- there's a phone number with their uh, uh, hand raised. I believe it's Bob that's trying to get into the meeting. Somehow you got bumped off. Yeah, he's been, bu- that's like the fourth or fifth time he's been bumped off today. I, I got kicked off too, actually. Yeah, and Pete's got kicked off once. Okay, so you want me to um, to call? Hi, Diane. There he is. Oh, there he is. Okay. Okay. okay, so what about the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, we, we, we should talk about one them because uh, we did. We did talk about the already. We, we discussed that one, and we, it was we late. Discussed that. The um, Ravens no turnovers, but yet the Dolphins went and took it. And this kind of this kind of kind of curtails into something that you wrote to that you wrote, Bob, and Mike was asking me a question about. I think on. Thursday when you sent me the email, I think it was, Mike, when you asked me the You're question. You're talking about, about the Raphael Devers article. Yeah, the Raphael Devers Plus. I think Mike had asked me the question, like, how much was of the money that he turned down that the Ravens put on the table for him, you know, out of all of it, how much was guaranteed? Because as Who's we know, this? Who are we talking about, Luther? This, this is about Jackson. This is Lamar. this is this kind of curtailing. Oh, oh Lamar, yes. This, this okay. is kind of this is kind okay. of curtailing into the article that you wrote because you wrote and you you were having a discussion with your friend that Devers should get what three or two sixty eight or something like that. Well, what what he figures is that when players are quote lowballed unquote, even though they're still offered hundreds of millions of dollars, that's not fair to the player 
because the owner of the teams are billionaires and players should be paid relative to the owner's salaries. Well, let's, let's I don't think kinda, it matters one iota what the owner makes. Let's kind of look at this a little bit because I kind of agree with your assessment, Bob, that, you know, it shouldn't matter. But if you look at, let's see, Deshaun Watson got $246 million guaranteed, but that won't kick in until next year. So basically he's making what he would have made with the Texans, basically a million to the end of this year. Then it goes to 2.46. Kyler Murray, I think got paid 2.35 or something like that. I think Russell Wilson got paid 2.3, 2.3, 2.4. I believe from what I heard, it was like 2.96 or something in that ballpark for Lamar Jackson. But the kicker was that the Ravens only would guarantee 1.33 million guaranteed, 133 million guaranteed. And he turned no, it down. No points in there. No yeah, points yeah. in there. Let's, 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 let's call this what it is. These are hundreds of millions. Yeah, yeah these right. are millions. Yes, yeah, I, I hundreds of millions. So this kind of curtails into what you wrote, Bob. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of bring these all full circle a little bit because they all kind of fit in this general in this generalization category that there's a lot of cash to be made. But if the team doesn't feel like you're you know worth being paid that, they're going to do everything in their power to make sure they don't pay you that. And I, Beavers, I didn't see that. That, I think I think put. it was like what three. He, he thinks he wants. Did, did you didn't you say in one of the articles that he wants three hundred million? I think is that what you well, said. Bob? I said or basically something? that when they offered him the contract equivalent to Matt Olson of the Braves, which is about one hundred and sixty eight million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over yeah. Five I think one sixty eight or one seventy over five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Don, he doesn't feel that's enough. And my point is, it's enough for me. Hundred and sixty-eight million. I think my wife would be thrilled. Yeah, he's a so I don't ordinary understand. player to make these kind of demands. He's exactly. No, he's no Barry Bonds. He's no Aaron Judge. He's, he's no Albert Pujols. No he's no David you know, Ortiz. No Manny he's, Ramirez. He's none of those guys. I mean, he's he's just one of those. How can I put it? Five and fly, baseball, five and fly baseball. guys. Baseball opened this up when they started giving utility players mm. those fifteen and twenty million dollar contracts several Desi- years ago. Designated hitter, nineteen seventy three. For example, Mike, who would be a utility player at that time? I, 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 I don't remember names because wasn't Edgar Martinez a utility guy? No, no he, he won pure, a couple batting titles, I believe. Well, I, mean, I think I think he's though. He couldn't. I'm he couldn't Oh, okay. Well, uh, Edgar Martinez played third base a lot. Well, he was now, third, if you want to talk when about DH, Ortiz. When the DH came into play in 73, you know, Ron Fairley, Edgar Martinez, and a few others, they got some more time to play because they didn't have to play in the field. They could just keep their bat in the lineup. Well, in 73, you, uh, you had Ron Bloomberg, Orlando Cepeda. Yeah. And now the National League's well, guys. So now, early. I'm, I'm, in later years, that those guys were. Oh were yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm about, oh, big poppy, like poppy, bell, like off, what? Bellyard. Your reserve, your reserve third baseman, your the guy that plays two or three positions. They yeah. started giving those guys fifteen, twenty million dollars. Yeah, that, like, which is ridiculous. Yeah, really. 
But see, so we're that's, having, why, that's why these guys can ask for that kind of money. Exactly. We're, we're having two different conversations. Bob, this is what I'm hearing. Bob is saying <clears throat> players, by and large, are just getting paid too much compared to us working stiffs. That's Bob's basic <laughs> argument. Um, uh, what we are, we're having now is, are these people worth uh, their salaries based on other players? Why don't we have one minute before the community opens? But guess what? The market, the market will pay you. The market will pay you what you're worth. And then if you exceed that, then you'll get more. And if not, you know, there's a lot more players that can be found a dime a dozen. Would we all agree though, that it's out of control, no matter what it's out of control. Well, it's it's not just the, it's not just the player salaries. You know, if, if, if you go into business and, and uh, Mike, you find yeah, CEOs and all the folks in upper level and, and big corporations, their their salaries are completely out of whack, even worse than yep. the players. So, you know, if yep. if, 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 if we're going to criticize the players, which I'm happy to do, criticize the owners. The owners. Yes. You got to criticize the owners, too. But look, look at look at look at Sam Waldron, Rob Waldron and uh, the guy that was formerly at the um, folks that owned the Denver Broncos. They gave, they were able to give Russell Wilson about another two or three years and some more cash on top of what he's got. So well, I'm thinking I, I'm not like sure Russell Wilson is worth you know remotely what he's getting. That's I don't know, but hey, let me let me get, look more power to him if he can get it. You know, right? Yeah. And so on I, that I, note, on that note, let's, all right. So let's see who's available to talk. Let's roll, Diane. Diane, do we have any yeah. hands raised? Yes, we do. First, all right. First is <clears> Charles. Navarrete, maybe? I don't know how to pronounce it. Navarrete. Navarrete. Uh, yeah. Hi. Good. Hi, Charles. Uh, good. You know, I think the doctors are a good example of, of uh, what you were talking about because they pay their utility players quite a bit of money. But on the other hand, they draw more than 3.5 million fans to the stadium each year. And so I think that that's good for the game because the owners are sharing their profits with the players because the players are the people that draw the fans to the uh, stadiums. So I, I, I think it's good. Charles, I would, I would imagine you also have a huge media contract, right? Yeah, the Dodgers do. No, oh, yeah, not, they, they got TV. Not really. Not, really? Not, I know not, re- not really when compared to the Yankees. Oh yeah, some well, of the other play, uh, squads, but okay, yeah. But I, I've okay. always wondered why the in, the MLBPA always pushes back on a salary cap floor because these other teams like the Kansas City's, Pittsburgh's, I know, I know they have to develop these players. But at what point are we gonna, you know, give some equal equitability? Right. To these uh, no other pun intended. Teams? But everybody's not on the same playing field. That's yeah, true. I know. But I think you know, for the overall game. It's good to have reserves that can play the game when you need them. And sure. That's what the Dodgers are doing. Now that like they're like what was one hundred and one and like forty five or whatever forty four. Yeah, they're, they're, if if they if they only have forty four losses, they're going to bust both the Yankees and Mariners <laughs> winning records. I think if so. They keep going with only, with only like twenty seven games left. No, seventeen games left. 17, yeah. So Charles, um, before before you go, Charles, what are your thoughts about the Dodgers in the playoffs? Well, I think that they'll go all the way because they have the the only question is relief. They don't have a closer. 
because oh, Kim- Kimbrel, I think, is trying to get back into that yeah, spot. But, but I just, I just don't know if he's got it anymore. But they had, you know, several of their starting pitchers have been injured. Yeah, it's really remarkable yeah. how they've been able to Bueller, sustain. Bueller, Kershaw, I think. Well, Kershaw's back. Well, Kershaw's but, back. I'm trying to think. Who's yeah. the other one? Uh, uh, Urias, I think. Maybe. No, Urias has won 17 games, and he's yeah. probably going to win 19. Probably. I, mean, I, I, I think the issue with the teams like the Dodgers and the Braves and the, and the Mets, mm-hmm. but, but, but the Dodgers play those teams, is the Dodgers, there are a lot of lousy teams in baseball, yeah, right? There are. The Dodgers, the Dodgers can play those games and win and do what they should do and win, which is yep. good. The way the games they should win, unlike some teams that we won't mention, like the Mets losing three to Chicago. We uh, yeah, thank you. That, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, the Dodgers seem to be winning the series they should be winning. The problem is when you get to the playoffs, it's a total, it's a different season. It all comes down it to is, matchups. Yeah. Ba- it basically, comes down, it comes down to pitching. Basically, what it yeah. comes down to when you get, when you get to this, when you get to this second season, Besides spring training, your regular season, handling your business in the division, blah, 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 blah. It all yeah. comes down to one thing when you get to the playoffs. When you thing. get matched up with. One right, other so. thing. Al- Albert Pujols has hit 698 home runs. Yeah. I hope that, on fire. I hope I, that some, some of the pitchers that he faces down the stretch will groove him a couple of pitches. Like he, Al- he almost got like, 699 like, Friday. Like, like Al Downing did for... Uh, bad Henry back in the seventies. I look. I don't. I don't think they're gonna do that. Oh, I, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Pujols as great as he is. I don't think he would, you know, accept that dignity. I'm a Cardinals fan, but I'm also a realist. The, I don't the, think. The, I don't the, think. The, I don't think the greats of the greats would want to have that, you know, dignity of just having pitches groove to them. And Don can probably answer this better than me. But with the greats of the greats. I don't think they would want to have that indignity of just having pitches just grew to him just so they can get a record. Well, I think Al Downing grew to pitch for uh, Henry, Hank Aaron. Yeah, yeah, Aaron in the seventies. I don't, I don't, think, did, I don't know if he grew it, did he? I mean, I, well, he never did he just, acknowledged. Did he just that, go and get it? No, no, he, he, he gave him a good pitch to hit. Well, the thing that's with the that, time, that's going to happen though. That's the yeah. first time I've ever heard that. No, I I, I heard that too. That that there are some rumors about that, but I don't. You know, know. Well, it's, it's rumor and innuendo. We, there we, is we an urban about legend. That. There's a story <laughs> that um, Yankees Mickey Mantle. Um, I I I don't I can't prove it, but there is a story that um, number five thirty five that he hit to break a record with. I believe Jimmy Fox was. I think you're right. Yeah, Jimmy Fox was grooved by one Dennis Dale McClain. Now, that could be an urban legend. It's I don't a, know if that's fact because that that's that's really hard to prove now because back sure. then, you know, you basically had to depend on the radio side, so you really couldn't tell if they well, grooved it's, it. It's written up in at least one Mickey Mantle, you know, biography. And think about it, Dennis Dale McClain. He was just goofy enough. He might have done it. He might. That's <laughs> playing a gambling problem. It's, 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 I, a, I, I, it's, it's a good way to get to into the Hall of Fame for when Definitely. <laughs> One comment about Pujols' home runs. The thing that's amazing about those home runs is almost everyone has been a huge home run. It, They've been context. glass. No, no. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the context of the game. They've oh, games, yeah. They've Wrigley games, Field. They've, uh, yeah, whatever you want to say. It's just, I mean, they've been critical in, in the in the – yeah, in the, in the context of the games, 
I mean, thank you, Charles. I appreciate your uh, thank you, Charles, for participating. I mean, just think, think right. of the game on think of the game on Friday. Cardinals were trailing like three to one, and he had a two run homer to tie it. And I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah, he, he's just in, he's right now he's on a groove. Uh, Diane, yeah. who's next? Who's next? Next is Mitch. Mitch all Mitch. Good afternoon. Hi there. Good afternoon. Welcome. Uh, a quick couple of quick baseball comments, and then I want to go on to football. Um, Al Downing did a talk show in L.A. for many years on the Dodger station. He came across as a very prideful man and a very old school man. Uh, he did not groove that home run to Henry Aaron. It would have been so counter to his personality and his baseball ethos. Um, it just didn't happen, I promise you. Um, comment on baseball salaries. The American pastime isn't baseball. It's greed. Yep. And, and you yes, see it sir. everywhere. Uh, Bob, I don't know what they paid, what the Red Sox paid Kiki Hernandez uh, when he left the Dodgers, but it all oh, more than like two, thirteen million. Yeah, he was three he was signed 40, for ten to fifteen, wasn't it? Yeah, he was a two forty hitter, and and if a two forty hitter deserves that kind of money, then I do. So I think that would be all of us here at the uh, at this uh, podcast. Yeah, Mitch, um, Mitch. I keep hearing the term "groove." What does that actually mean? In this, that game? means you throw it down the middle. You you throw it right down you the just middle. Leave it like a golf ball, hoping right, he hits right. the home run. No, you just leave it there so we can't hit. You it. just leave it there, or you throw a hanging curve. Or yeah, basically, basically right down you, the you just you just groove it in where he can, you know, barrel it up in his happy spot. Now, supposedly, whoever gave up. The home run to Cal Ripken in the 01 All Star game supposedly put one right down Broad Street. I don't know for sure. No, I, I don't know I how accurate that year. one was because that was his last ever at bat at the All Star game. So I don't know, but yeah. I, but I, I'm suspicious of all these stories. I, you know, Mitch, I thank <laughs> you for, yeah. I, I, yeah. thank you for sharing that Al Downing story. Yeah. I mean, I, a couple, I don't... A couple of uh, a couple of football comments. Um, the greatest call I ever heard, a college football call, I was up in Northern California, and uh, Joe Starkey, who has since retired, was the Cal oh, yeah. Yeah. broadcaster. It, the band, the band, the band. That's the, uh, right. And I heard, it, I heard it live. I heard it live, and it was fantastic. Oh, I, I and, caught it. I caught it on YouTube. Oh, man. So, that was uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, I I I yeah. I've heard I've heard yeah. it well afterwards, and yeah. the thing about the one thing I remember about that play is that he would they they he, you could understand what was going on to the very last what, what? oh absolutely the, the he, six yeah. laterals the the amazing. other the other great <laughs> the other great call aside from all the the USC calls but I'm prejudiced uh, I also yeah, I was 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 out of town and caught live the. Um, the Auburn Alabama game where oh, yes. the, where the uh, Alabama guy tried a, a long field goal Eddie and Auburn six yard and it was wide. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I and well, it was calls. picked up and run all the way back for a touchdown. Yeah. Winning Rod, touchdown. The late, yeah. The late Rod Bramlett. I heard both calls. In fact, I, I caught the, uh, I caught the Alabama call cause I had just come back from doing a, a basketball, a tournament, high school basketball game. Yeah, that, that, that was covered. a great call. And I, I went back and caught, you know, the Rod Bramlett call on YouTube. And I'm like, okay, I like both calls. I, I can't, yeah. I can't really complain. 
Go ahead, Mitch. Well, and I was going to say, uh, I'm in a fantasy football league, and one of my running backs is Nick Chubb, so I was perfectly happy with him scoring because we're points. <laughs> we're primarily but, a points but the thing is, league. Well, and, and, and you know, it, blame it on the onside kick and the stupid coverage. Don't blame it on my guy, Nick Chubb. <laughs> no, I, look, I can't, I can't blame – look, Mitch, I can't blame anything on the onside kick. I blame it on Stefanski. So I can't blame it on Nick Chubb. I blame it on Stefanski for being stupid enough to well, basically if, tell if, Nick Chubb to score and basically leave too much time. And, and if you want to talk about stupid, stupid coaching – uh, my starting my starting fantasy quarterback is Russell Wilson. I have seen two of the worst coached games uh, in, in many years. Nathaniel Hackett. He may not last the season. Look, he is he's he, dreadful. Let me tell you, look, I Nathaniel Hackett. I hate to say it. There's a huge difference between being in the coordinator seat and the head coach chair. Did you see? Did you see the fans count down the play clock? The play clock. The play oh clock. My, I'm like, wait a minute. Every are we time they got to five, they started counting down. Are we? Are we? Are we at a football game? Or are we at a basketball game. Uh, I understand we'd be doing that at the, for a basketball for a college or pro basketball game with the shot clock, but at a professional yeah. football ha- game. Yeah, yeah, Hackett. Hackett's gonna his shelf life is gonna get real it's short. It's going to be short. Yeah, it's 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 really unfortunate. And you guys were talking about. He said, "What happened to the Rams?" Well, I was I was half listening to the Rams game, but I also on Sundays keeping track of my my scores. I listen to, to a Sirius XM Fantasy yeah. channel because they yeah. they go through all the highlights. Yeah. But what you're seeing with teams like the Rams, teams like Baltimore, it's it's dangerous to get a big lead. Yeah, early in the game, they they just they just. They they just lighten up and and they get complacent. I mean, what was that? The, the Atlanta New England twenty eight to three. Yeah, I, I, I listened I, to that broadcast and I'm like, there is no way they blew that lead. I there is yeah. no. I, and you know what? You know what? I don't think Atlanta's ever recovered from twenty eight to three. Yeah. Well, it, it it just seems that whatever mental edge. You need to hey, play football it. and play hard. You lose it if you get too far ahead. Yeah, hey, Mitch, before, before you scram, question for you. Yeah. What do you think about JB, uh, MJD, and DeMarco Farr for the Rams broadcast team? I am not I, a fan. I am not a fan of either of them. In fact, yesterday, um, or, or when the Rams are playing a national game, uh, I tend to put on the national game. I will listen to the away feed if the Rams are playing anybody. Even if the away feed, when I listen to it, sucks, I prefer the away feed because I, I try to listen to the Rams against the Bills. I can't see any of the one of those feeds. I can't see any no. of them. I don't yeah, like the I know. Feed, uh, and DeMar- I don't like- DeMarco, DeMarco's a pretty good guy. Um, but they have him but, on the side. JB Long is just, uh, he's boring. He's boring. And, he he does, tries, and the thing I don't like about him, he doesn't, cool. he, doesn't really, he doesn't really tell you what the formation is. He doesn't tell you the names of the receivers, if they're in the slot, if they have one, whoever's in the backfield or whatever. And I'm like, JB, did you not go to play-by-play school? Did you not well, go he's, to he's, school? You know, he's been there now since, you know, they were in since St. Louis. Since the came back and, to L.A. No, he yeah, wasn't. Well, he, no, he was in St. Louis. He no, was the guy he, when the – 
No. I thought he was because no. I thought I heard him. Uh-uh. I thought I heard him when no. I was listening the guy, to a guy, game that, out of the St. guy when they were in St. Louis. I like that guy, Steve Savard. Love that dude. Oh, Steve Savard. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, oh. Yeah, he's long, long as JB's yeah, been he's, there since they came back to LA. He was, yeah, he's, 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 he's just not all that good. Head. No, I don't, like, I don't like him either. Uh, so Mitch, another question before you disappear. Uh, yeah. What do you think about USC's chances this year? They look pretty. They haven't played anybody really. No, they they've been to the Hostess Bakery, but they're they're about to step up. Well, well, we we were not expected. We were expected to give up a lot more points to Fresno State, right? Mm-hmm. And we were up twenty one ten at halftime, and of course their their quarterback, who I guess has delusions of being in the NFL, uh, he got hurt, and his backup came in and scored a touchdown to make it twenty eight seventeen, but. The defense is is the Achilles' heel. Mm-hmm. Um, I now that Notre Dame is shown to be pretty pretty mediocre. Notre Dame is a um, fraud. Let's just call it. What yeah, it is. I think I I think the only tough game. Everybody's saying Oregon State, but Oregon State hasn't been a good team in fifty years since Bill Inyert, earthquake <laughs> Inyert. Now that's um, going but, back a ways. <laughs> uh, well, I go back a ways, but but I think. I, I think the game that's going to give us trouble is Utah because Utah runs. Uh, they do ball control. But, you know, if we come out of the season 11-1, and one, I'm not going to complain a whole lot. And I think we have I a good love, chance. I love, okay, I love the way Kyle Whitty game coaches. I swear, I, I, just, I just like how he makes the game easy, but he understands the nuances of it. And you, and you, will rem- you remember that Kyle's father – was uh, was on that, and I'm trying to remember what team it was that was killed in a plane crash. Marshall. Back in the 60s. Marshall. Marshall, yes. Fred Whittingham was, was a player on that on that Marshall team that was in that in that crash. I know there was like one or two. I think there was like one or two that maybe got out of that plane crash. Alive. Yeah, about about three or four survived, but but basically the team the team was yeah, was killed, was killed. and I, they yeah. were in West. They, yeah, and that that was his dad was Fred Whittingham. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned Notre Dame. Uh, yeah. uh, Marcus Freeman's seat is pretty getting pretty hot. I believe yeah, well, that's there. that's also true. well. I I, I for, the thing I would say first off. They better figure out a new offensive coordinator because Tom. Because right now, whoever their offensive coordinator is, Tommy Reese, I think it is. I think, or he may be the quarterback. I don't know, but they need to, they need to find a better QB because right now what they got right now is a big old scheme and bile right now. The, the other well, thing they can I'm always replace like, Reese with Scott Frost. Scott's looking for a job. That, that's a fabulous <laughs> idea. That's the best <laughs> idea I've heard all yes. day. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you for your Take bro. care, guys. Thank you. You too, Mitch. One other quick comment, hey, Mitch. Oh, one other quick comment, Mitch, um, if, you, if you're still there. The Pac-12, is, it, it seems to be redeeming itself. Uh, yeah, it does. Washington won a game. Washington State's won a couple few games. Oregon. Beat BYU, which I didn't think was going to happen. I didn't um, think that one was happening either because the way they so, looked against Georgia. So, well, Georgia looks un- unbeatable. I mean, well, Georgia. There's, there's like, there's like, unbeatable. there's like yeah. two or three teams. Georgia. Can we can we all agree that Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State right now are the top three, and then it's like Clemson and whoever and whoever else finishes fifth through seven, maybe USC, USC, USC might make it up there. It's, it's well, not they're, they're sitting tenth right now. It, look. Yeah. If USC doesn't lose anymore, they could get in, but I don't know if they. I don't know if they'll have enough to hang against Georgia. Maybe they can. Maybe they can't. Because remember, well, no, I don't think anybody can hang against Georgia. Alabama, 
you know, uh, you know, we'll, we look, know, we'll see uh, their next hold three. On. Yeah, well, but Alabama almost lost to Texas. Let's remember that. Yeah, almost uh, lost to Texas and losing and to Texas are two different things. I understand, but but Texas kept it close. And remember, uh, Ohio State, uh, Notre Dame, you know, hung in there with Ohio State again. Yeah, they did. Ohio State won. You're right. But well, let, you know, let's see. Let's see what Ohio State looks like when it gets to Big Ten play. Let's but, see well, what. Check, check this out. Everybody's talking about Bryce Young. They're talking about CJ Stroud. Yep. DJ, DJ, I don't try to. DJ Uongalele. Uh, yeah, yeah. From Clemson, but, but, who really but has not Stetson, looked impressive at Stetson, all. Stetson Bennett is yep. is turning into a pretty decent quarterback. Oh, he definitely so, is. He definitely so, is. That's something to watch over the, the rest of the season. We're, I mean, look, George is going to get through the East relatively unscathed. He's no, gonna Missouri's going to beat them. Missouri's, I, I guarantee you, Missouri's going to beat them, Luther. You wait and watch. And and, and, and look, if they do, look, if they do. Somebody wait. Look, let me, tell, look, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> it, look, it always happens that there's always that one game that we all think is going to be, oh, it's going to be easy. And then, oops, they hit a pothole and they get knocked out. By the way, I, Diane, I do we have any hands Yes, right. we have three. I'm all sorry. Right. Go ahead, Diane. <laughs> Okay, first one is Troy Larson. Troy, I'm a Minnesota fan. Minnesota fan. I, I, I think we need to play the funeral march for the team. <laughs> yes, we do, Peter. Hey, Troy. Minnesota slipping. Troy. I think they needed to win that big series against Cleveland, and they and didn't. They did not. Troy, are you there? You're still muted, Troy. Um, should still we move muted. to the next person, or? Let's yeah. Let's yeah, go to the, the next, next person and figure out Troy back. later. Okay, yeah, next yeah. person is iPhone Malcolm. Malcolm, Malcolm. iPhone Malcolm. Not Malcolm in the middle, right? And, and he's also muted. I he? could be Malcolm in the middle. Yes, I could be. <laughs> there he is. Hey, Malcolm. Uh, hi, guys. How you doing? Good. All right. Thanks, what you thanks got? for joining us. You're a first-time caller, oh, I think. Right? Welcome in. What you got? Yes, sir, I am. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to switch gears and go back to baseball and talk about pitchers. Mm-hmm. I have a problem watching pitchers nowadays, and I don't know when it started because I – Fell out of baseball for a while. But I can remember back in the 50s and the 60s, John Drysdale, Sandy Koufax, Juan Marichal. Uh, I, I know where you're going. Um, why are those pitchers at that time, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think they only had like three pitches, fastball, curveball, and jump. Fastball, curveball, maybe a slider occasionally. Yeah, but mainly those three pitches. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. The human body has not changed in since the beginning of time you can improve it by making your muscles larger and getting stronger but the anatomy is the same the physiology is the same why do they have these pitchers today throw these all sorts of fancy pitches and ruin their arms and why can they only last seven six seven innings why do they go for a pitch count so heavy can I answer uh, that, Malcolm? I hope so. Owners, owners are so. In fact, these two points contradict each other as far yes, as I'm they concerned. Do. Uh, uh, owners want to protect their investment. That's the reason that I'm hearing why pitchers are only yeah. going six innings. Protecting their investment, um, but it's not protecting, working because there are more and more injuries. There are no, it's not working though because more and more in more and more pitchers are getting hurt nowadays. Luther, in answer to your question. 
you know how, how high the investments are. We pretty much talked about that yeah, today already. So, mm-hmm. so, but the reasons for the injuries which are being caused is because of the pitchers are encouraged to throw as hard as they ever could. Right, and they they're they're throwing pitches that I think are just terrible on their elbows. Tommy John surgery, every one of them. And an arm's not supposed to. And an arm's not supposed to go that way. That's right. So if they go by the like in the fifties and sixties, again, I refer to them. Sandy Koufax, three pitches. How many no hitters did he get? How many? A bunch. Don Drysdale. Don Drysdale. Same thing. The late Bob Gibson. Juan Marichal. Yeah, Juan Marichal. Vita Blue. Blue. Wally Fingers. Uh, yes, those all those pitchers. All they had were those three level and, pitchers. And don't forget they Google. got pitchers. They got pitchers out. Oakland A's were a dynamite team back then. So the was. Dodgers were dynamite team. And they got pitchers. They got guys out, and games went faster. Orioles, yep. same thing. So Jim Palmer, I yeah. I think what they need to do is cut the pitches down to three pitches: fastball, curveball, and changeup, and let the batters go on that, and let the pitcher save their arm. Maybe they'll be able to go nine innings and get a good victory. Maybe there'll be more no hitters. Who knows? Hey, but that, well, now would you go got, along with that. I'm sorry. You think MLBPA would go along with that? Uh, no. Absolutely not. You know, the way the the things are going now, you know who we're never going to hear from again? A knuckleballer. Nope. Oh, yeah. Look, the knuckleball's been out of the game for, like, what, 20 years or so? Well, the last two were Kim Wakefield and R.A. Dickey. Yeah. Dickey was in 2013. And now, because everybody's 100 mile an hour happy, you know, forget Mm -hmm. the Negro brothers, forget Jim Bowden. Yep. Forget Ray Dickey and Jim Wakefield. Yep. Everybody's 100 miles an hour happy, but I don't hear people going 100 miles an hour. They're all in the 90s, but they're not, they don't top 100. Keep in mind, a lot of those radar guns are kind of jacked up anyway. So the best you're probably going to see a best pitcher throw is probably about mid 90s, like 95. Right. 95, 96. Maybe, maybe if you're lucky, if you want some extra gas, maybe 97. But you don't don't see, you don't see, you don't see anybody throwing 101. That's that's just, that's just just radar. That's very rare. They they have all those, they have all those radar guns jacked up. There's a mm-hmm. guy yesterday, Hunter Green, with the Reds. He was throwing 102, 103. I, I think he was throwing more like ni- I think he was throwing more like 95. But he was still getting guys out. And yes, he was. He went six innings, struck right. out eleven guys, and he broke the previous record from a guy named Hicks who pitched for the Cardinals. Who threw Jordan 20, Hicks? Yeah, he, he threw was, he was at pitches. Talk about, we, uh, talk about the we Cardinals. Have three They're three coming. minutes and two callers left. All right. Okay. I'll 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 buy Thank out. you, Malcolm. Thank, Thank you. Malcolm. Thank you. Thank you very much, Malcolm, for your time. Thank you. All right. But Diane. Okay. One of the one of them um, left the meeting, but we still do have Troy Larson. Troy. Hi guys. How's it going? There you are. There he is. Troy, should yeah. we have a funeral for the da, twins or what? Okay, all right. Let me. Say for <laughs> listeners who don't know what that's all about, 
the the Indians or the Guardians. They yes, the won, Guardians. They, they won the most amazing game, a game that's not supposed to happen because of the ghost runners in the sky. Yes. This game went 15 innings on Saturday night. It was the second game of a day-night doubleheader. I think I caught the back end of that doubleheader. I mean, I'm like, what? How are we tied at five after after nine? Like, what? If it was five-nothing, the ninth inning went. So so what did Troy Yeah, Yeah, Troy, yeah, we, we, uh, we, we we distracted you. Sorry. Yep. All right. Let me uh let me say this. The, the twins were walked off at least four times in Cleveland this year. Oof. Plus plus they lost eight straight games to the Guardians as well. Starting uh, with the last two games of five five game series back in June in uh uh Cleveland, and we lost several games to the Guardians. Both in Cleveland and here at home, it, mm-hmm. it, it was not good. And I, I right now, I mean, watch this afternoon too as well. Um, yeah, you, that doesn't um, help. Uh, you having a four after having a good win yesterday with Joel Ryan pitching seven and two thirds innings and a shutout. Yes, he's the ace as far as I'm concerned. Four, 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 nothing. One yesterday. Uh, I, I believe it was three nothing. Something but, like that. Yep, but anyway, I think we have seven about a games, half a minute. I think seven games out, and the magic number of twelve. I think that it's it's not a good chance. They, they basically your twins need a lot of help. They got about three or four teams to jump over, and two were in the wild. They had run. the division the first half. They choked. Yeah, yeah. and basically, now basically basically they've choked, and I. Guess the best we can hope for is a second place finish in our division. Hey, Bob, check this out before before we, I know we're about to close this out. But yes, there could be a are. scenario. There could be a scenario where the whole AL East, your Baltimore, can get their act together and jump the Mariners, where the Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, huh? and Orioles all make the postseason. Red Sox. There was a chance. How anyway, that? guys? I want to thank you. We're, we're out of time. Thanks for the participants. Thanks for the panelists for their assistance today and i especially want to thank diane and kate for helping us uh with being a host and also to live stream the program on acb radio and thank you again everybody go safe with god's catch you next week take care everybody go safe with god's abundant blessing